Episode 35. This episode brought to you by ReelsandTackle.com, your family-owned online tackle store. Welcome to the Telltale Fisherman Podcast, where avid anglers share the story of their best fishing day ever to inspire yours. Now it's time for another epic adventure. So here's your host, John Woodson. Okay, welcome to the show. Today's guest is Captain Jonathan Moss of Go Castaway Fishing Charters. Captain Jonathan, welcome aboard. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you. Uh, and and I'm really excited because you know your your home waters are are also my home waters, uh, the same same areas that I get to fish. So I'm going to be really excited to hear your take and perspective on. Uh, on some of the places that that I'm aware of and and have been before, but you know before we jump into all that, let's let's just learn a little bit about you. You know, did you grow up here in the Central Florida area? Yes, I did. I grew up in Orlando and uh, grew up bass fishing. And when I was six years old, my parents decided they're going to buy a little condo at the beach, and so they bought a little place right behind Ron Johns in Cocoa Beach. Mm-hmm. And uh, my weekends were spent either bass fishing in Orlando or saltwater fishing in Cocoa Beach or Mosquito Lagoon. And so I grew up with the best of both worlds. We had to go back and forth. Oh, wow. That's, that sounds like an angler's dream <laughs> going between. It, the... it, it really was, you know, it really was. And Florida has, it's such a unique fishery, but Orlando, East Central Florida uh, is just incredible with all the fishing opportunities that we have. Right. Yeah. I mean, you really do have world class bass fishing within, you know, basically a half an hour of of world class saltwater fishing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So so you say you grew up behind uh, Ron Johns. That's uh, for those who maybe haven't been to Florida, our our world famous uh, surf shop. Did you do much surfing growing up? You know, no, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, spent most of my time either. Uh, fishing from the beach or, or fishing in the mangroves and the islands there. Yeah. Um, but I do own, people think I'm crazy and they think I'm lying. I do own 80 surfboards. Really? And, uh, I made my, my surf, my fence in my backyard is all surfboards. Oh, uh, how cool so is that, that? That's my only connection to the surf, <laughs> surfing world. So you like to look at them, but uh, standing on them, not so much, huh? Ex- exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So I can tell already how how you got your your love for fishing for sure, but um, maybe just kind of tell us how you transitioned from you know weekend afternoon angler at home and at the at the beach on the weekends to to being a fishing guide. Well, the water was always my escape. Mm-hmm. You know, I was uh, for seven years I was a, a public school teacher here in Orlando, and uh, I was a PE teacher, so there, okay. I was constantly surrounded by noise and the only place i could go that wasn't noisy was the lagoon yeah uh, I, I there's there are days where the only thing i could hear out there were the waves crashing on Blyalina beach mm-hmm. and nothing nothing is better than the, yeah. than the silence out there uh, and the only noise you're hearing is the waves crashing and the screaming drag like that was that was my escape that was my therapy but as you know politics change and, and teaching has changed over the years and we were given written tests, PE tests, 
to kindergartners and five-year-olds. <laughs> and, you know, at the end of the year, when that happened, I said, you know, this isn't for me anymore. Yeah. And I uh, just started thinking about it and praying about it and just felt like God was saying, hey, I need you to go down the fishing route. And, of course, I was going to say absolutely. It wasn't a, <laughs> you that were, was a no-brainer. You were going to be obedient you know? on that one, huh? <laughs> absolutely. And uh, it was just funny how, how things work. And I said, God, if you want me to do this, I need a boat. And I need it because at the time I was just uh, guiding out of a, or fishing out of a, a guinea. And I was like, this isn't going to work. It's a phenomenal boat. But it's not going to work for the situation I'm in. And next thing you know, I... I started getting gigs, singing music, and uh, I was singing 12, 15 times a month. And uh, in a year and a half, I had enough money to buy a brand new East Cape Fury, and I did that and went and said goodbye to my boss. And uh, (laughs) I said, you know, hey, appreciate all the opportunities, but I'm done with this, and I'm going fishing. And uh, here we are two years later, been guiding full-time, and uh, just absolutely love it. It's been a blast. And, and, And let me say, it is not the easiest job but yeah. it's a very fulfilling job. And what I mean by that is people think it's really easy to go out and put people on fish. Mm-hmm. And yes, that's the easy part, but I'm the type of guy where I want to educate you going back to my teaching background. I want to mm-hmm. educate you. I want to teach you how to use a spinning rod and I want to see you make the presentation. I want to see you, you know, experience sight fishing, seeing that fish come up and, and take that lure and just, go crazy and set the hook. I want to see you experience that because yeah. that are, when that happens, wow, yeah. man, that's exciting. That's, that's unforgettable. You know, this week out on the flats, we were, we're doing specifically sight fishing and to watch these redfish flare up, open up and take that lure. Oh my gosh. Unbelievable. Oh yeah. So that's why I do it. I, I love seeing people light up and catch fish. It's just a blast. Yeah. You, you know, that's really uh, interesting that you mentioned how you like to teach people because you know, even as a, somebody who's fished all my life, you know, I still go out with with captains um, to to learn. And in my most enjoyable charters are the ones where the captains do just like what you said, where where they're where they teach and then let you do it. You know, not where they're Absolutely. doing it all for you. And now I understand some people, you know, don't have any experience and and you kind of have to hold their hand. But you know, I think avid anglers, you know, that's that's the kind of charter and captain that they would love to go out with the most. You know, I, I can really appreciate right. that. And the flip side of that is being with somebody who has the patience mm-hmm. to take care of you and right. the patience to work through you. I can't tell you. And I apologize for any listeners who have gone out with a guide and they have yelled at them. I can't <laughs> tell you how many people have gone fishing with me and asked me, are you going to yell at me today? And I say, absolutely not. The yelling is going to happen when you hook up and I'm screaming because I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's going to be high fives. be the only kind of yelling. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So if you got yelled at, I'm sorry. That's not cool. <laughs> Go write them a bad review on Google. You know? <laughs> yeah, I've I've done one of those. I've done one of those too. Or a couple of those too, actually. And uh, that, yeah, I, I know I know what you mean. I'll just leave yeah. it at that. But um, we're out fishing. We should be having a good time. Oh. That's my my thought. No doubt, no doubt. Well, just for those who maybe haven't been to Florida or or in Florida and haven't been to the Mosquito Lagoon, I mean, it's a pretty famous area, but it's a pretty unique area. Can you just kind of tell people about it a little bit and why it's different from, you know, pretty much anywhere else where, where you go red fishing? Absolutely. Oh, I love the lagoon. It is uh, an incredible fishery. You know, you, you run down south and you have 
uh, NASA is right there. We ha- we're on mm-hmm. the water this week, and there was a launch. There was a rocket launch this week while we were fishing. Um, you have tarpon. You have snook. You have redfish. You have trout. One thing that's very unique is there's no tidal flow, especially down in the south end. Yeah. So everything is based on the wind. Um, so any kind of water movement is based on the wind. As you get further north and you get closer in New Smyrna Beach, yeah, there is some tidal flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mainly where I'm fishing in the south end of the lagoon, no tide. So for us, getting up early, starting the morning, right at that first daylight, you know, and we're fishing top waters and we're we're just searching for fish. Oh man, it's incredible! It's absolutely incredible. On top yeah. of that, you have you have manatees, you have dolphins, uh, which add to the uniqueness of, of the area. You also have uh, it's a bird sanctuary, it's a bird habitat. Uh, so there are all kinds of birds, mm-hmm. uh, unique. Uh, birds out there, uh, rosy spoonbills are my absolute favorite. They're yeah. beautiful, bright pink. Uh, you know, you're you're in an area that's a national park, if you will. It's a national seashore, mm-hmm. so none of it will ever be developed. Um, and, and I love that. You, you again, we're an hour from Orlando. You know, Mickey Mouse, busy traffic everywhere, buildings everywhere, concrete everywhere. But you get out there, and it's just old Florida. Yeah, old Florida. You don't see that anywhere any, anymore. Yeah. So that, that's what makes the lagoon so unique. Uh, it is a, an incredible redfish habitat, but we are, we're seeing a, a, a time where the, red, the lagoon is um, having some – it's fighting back. Mm-hmm. And it's going through some stuff with brown algae. It's going through – because of the developments that are in the area. Yeah. Um, and so water, the water has changed a little bit. But I don't want to uh, scare people and think, oh, there's no fish out there. Yes. There are definitely fish out there, and they're growing. They're healthy. Um, but we are in a time where, man, it's really important that we take care of our fish. We're in a time where we need to make sure that we're releasing our fish. Uh, and we're, see- we're seeing them uh, swim off and they're released uh, safely mm-hmm. um, and correctly um, just because we need to rebuild. We need to yeah. see some, some growth in our numbers. Um, but don't get me wrong. It's an incredible fishery, and there's still a lot of fish out there. But I, I would love to see it grow just a little bit more just a little bit more, just to make the days a little more exciting. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, and I'm glad you mentioned that, um, you know, I, as I say, fish some of those same waters and then further south down towards uh, Cocoa Beach and in the Banana River too. And it's the, the same thing there. That it's it, That water's had the challenges over, what, the last year and a half, two years, it seems like, right. uh, with the algae blooms and uh, even had some, some fish kills, which just break right. your heart. I mean, it just breaks your heart to see that. Yeah, a big part of the fish kill has to do with uh, just the lack of oxygen right. in the water. Um, and there's certain times where that has happened. Uh, in fact, I had a, uh, a conversation with um, a, f- a friend of mine. His name is Justin Ritchie. He's a scientist. Mm-hmm. And he was explaining about that, how uh, the water levels have, the oxygen has, has changed. Certain times, there's times where it has crashed, and which has caused some of the fish kills. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot going out, going on out there with the water. Um, but even then, um, after some of the fish kills, I've seen some just incredible comebacks with yeah. the fish. And, uh, and it's just, it's awesome to see them, you know, grow and come back. And, and I, in fact, I'm out there all the time. So I've caught some of the same fish and seen the fish. Um, you know, people think I'm crazy when I tell them that, but I take notes with, with the fish and, uh, we have to turn in a log book with the fish we're catching. So I, I make, you know, in notes about them. And I've seen the same fish a mm. few times. Yeah. I've seen it grow. And yeah. that's really exciting. And that's really cool to see that grow. And uh, so, yeah, 
on, on top of that, you know, the negative aspect, there are a lot of positives going on out there with the lagoon and uh, with the fish. So, yeah. Well, what you were saying about how it's a, uh, it, it really is like old Florida out there. That's, that's one of the things I absolutely love about it. And I would definitely encourage people, um, to, to come and check it out and come see you. Um, cause it, it really is a unique place and a, and a fantastic fishery, you know, despite having a little bit of algae the past year. Um, but I, yeah. I think with this cooler weather we're you know, we're doing this interview in oh, uh, November, it's gonna, it's gonna be great for the winter time, isn't it? Yeah, we were this week, we've already been in some crystal clear water. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier this year, uh, right before summer hit, we were in some really crystal clear water and man, that's exciting. That, yeah. that makes sight fishing just unbelievable, yep. you know, so I'm, I, I, it's there and it's, it's, it's fighting for us. And, uh, so we're going to keep fighting for it. Absolutely. Well, when we get back, Captain Jonathan is going to share an epic inshore saltwater fishing story with us. So stay tuned. When the bait is thick, any old cast net can get you some bait, but many times the bait are scarce or they're laying low. And there is simply no way you can get at them without a good quality cast net. Unless you're netting in very shallow water, you need a net with a good amount of weight, which is a necessity for getting the net down on the bait quickly. A good quality net will also stand the test of time if it's taken care of properly. For a great value net for the money, check out tell.fish gear in your web browser. All right. We are back with Captain Jonathan Moss from Go Castaway Fishing Charters. And in the first half of our uh, interview today, we were talking about uh, the Mosquito Lagoon and just what an incredible fishery that is. And um, now uh, Captain Jonathan has an epic inshore saltwater fishing story for us. So uh, just to kind of set the stage and, and tell us what happened that day. Oh, man, let me tell you. I, uh, I had a, a guy from Georgia, his name was Brandon. He called me months ahead of time mm-hmm. and he said, listen, I'm coming into town. I got a work meeting. I'd love to go fishing. I said, awesome. Let's set it up. Took care of all the payments, all that. We're good to go. Well, fast forward two months and it's the night before our trip. And I said, Brandon, I'm looking at the weather and it's going to be cold. It's going to be raining, but it's not going to be windy. And I don't mind getting wet. I don't mind getting cold. We got an appropriate gear for that. I said, you just let me know what you want to do. And he said, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I want to go fishing. <laughs> Drove all the way here. I have to go to work, you know, later in the afternoon. Let's go fishing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, all right. So I woke up that morning. I'm looking at my, my, my weather app, which is always wrong. And it was <laughs> saying it was raining and it said it was foggy. And sure enough, I picked him up at his hotel and uh, we drove out to, to the lagoon and uh, it, we're the only ones at the boat ramp. Really? And so, you wow. know, part of me thinking, you know, I'm excited. No one's here. But I'm thinking, well, there's a reason why no one's here. <laughs> right. So we pull out of haul over and I literally can't see 15 feet in front of my boat. It is so foggy. I can't see anywhere. I'm thinking, wow. what am I going to do? You know, like, this is nuts. How are we going to find fish? And earlier in the week with my other trips, I had found fish at a specific spot and, uh, uh, over by Pardon Island. And I'll tell you, because this was a year ago and the fish move all the time, so I don't mind telling you. We're over in Pardon right. Island, which is literally just due east of Hallover Canal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, you know, let's just start there. It's a nice little trek. I said, I told the guy, so we're just, we're just going to 
we're just going to idle over there. There's no reason to run because I can't see anything. And so <laughs> we're right. idling over our, our spot, and I get there, and I said, let's just sit for a minute. And I get on the platform, and I look up, and I say, look right there. There's a tail. Oh, look right there. There's a tail. Oh, look over there. There was tailing redfish. There must have been a hundred fish tailing, not in groups. They were all single fish, but they were covering this little, this flat, this one area of flat. I mean, all over it. Wow. It was unbelievable. And it was like almost every cast we were catching a fish and they were just, they were so focused on what they were doing on feeding on the bottom. They were such, I call them happy fish. They were so happy. <laughs> they were just waving to us. Back waving the tail. Yeah. All day. Yeah. We took a half day trip and we made it a full day trip because <laughs> I didn't want to leave. He didn't yeah. want to leave. There was no chance we were leaving. We caught so <laughs> many redfish that day. We were the only ones out there. Now I did hear, one boat. I didn't see it. Didn't see <laughs> it was so foggy. I didn't see it, but I heard one boat. And uh, I'm looking at my my phone and, and see the time. And he looked at me. And he's like, "Man, oh, I got to go to work. And I don't want to go to work." And I'm like, "I don't want you to go to work either." He's like, "But I got to go to work." And I'm like, "Ah, but you calling sick? Like, tell him you have something for fishing. It's fantastic." And uh, we did the responsible thing. Well, he decided to do the responsible thing. I wanted to stay. <laughs> and uh, I took him to the boat dock. And, and the, I was like, man, of all the days to pick up somebody from their hotel. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't go back out. Oh, but we just, had, we just had an incredible day. I mean, it was redfish after redfish after redfish. And it just, it reminded me of, uh, it made me think of the lagoon 50 years ago. Yeah. You know, where not everybody had a skiff. Not everybody had a kayak or was a weekend angler. It was just very few people fishing, you know? And I was like, wow, like what a glimpse of what it, what it was with less people out there. And it was just an incredible day. Oh my gosh. What an incredible day. And in fact, we got back to the dock and loaded the boat. I'm driving into his hotel and he looked at me with a serious face and goes, you're the cheapest guy I've ever fished with before. I'm like, I cut it. I was like, what? And he's like, I'm just kidding me. He's like, you took me to one spot. We stayed there the whole day. You know, I was like, oh, you got me. You, know, you really you got me. We had an incredible day, man. You got me. So, yeah, you but, burned yeah, like 25 um, cents worth of fuel that day, probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not even that, because we just literally idled straight there and idled straight back. Um, yeah. But it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. And uh, so that that was that was probably just the most epic fishing day I've had with with the client and he was a good sport. We did it on fly. Um, we did it on spin. Um, he even said, well, you know what? I've never used this lure. He pulled something out of his bag and I don't even know what it was. He's like, I'm going to try it. And he threw it out there and he caught a fish. <laughs> I was like, well, there you go, man. It was just one of those days where it didn't oh, matter what we put wow. in front of them. They were going to eat it. So wow. it was pretty awesome. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, of all the days I've fished over there, I, I've had one day like that where we got on the redfish and they were just eaten and you and you felt like you could just literally catch them all day all the rest of the days um you you have to work to find fish can you can you just kind of contrast that day versus a normal day so that so the listeners can understand what fishing there is normally like that's where hiring a guide comes in play yeah because a guide is going to spend multiple days a week on the water yep. so it's my job my part of my job is to find the fish because they're constantly moving. Like I said, I, I don't care. I, I'll tell you everywhere I go because the fish are constantly moving. They never yeah. stay in one spot. Um, and they develop patterns year to year, but again, they're constantly moving. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's my job. You know, my job is to go and find them 
that way when you get on the boat, we go straight to them. But there are days I, I had a I had a trip with um, the editor of Florida Sportsman. I was not going to mess up. I was going to make sure <laughs> I was on fish. And I had been on fish for two weeks. And, of course, the day he gets on my boat, we go straight to them, right? And they're gone. Oh. And they move. <laughs> so in that situation now, you know, you're thinking, okay, what are they eating? You know, where, what's the temperature, you know, mm-hmm. what's the wind doing, what's the sun doing. And so you kind of take all these little variables and you go and you, you put that into play in your past experience and figure out, okay, here's a, here's an option. They might be here. And then you go look, mm-hmm. you know, and if they're there, awesome. If they're not, you pick up and you move and you don't yep. spend a lot of time searching or wasting time at that one spot. If you don't see fish, right. I don't see bait, if there's no bait around, there's no food. They're not going to be fish. Yep. So I go, that's how I go and do it. And then eventually we find, oh, oh, look, there's a push, there's a tail, mm-hmm. there's another push, here we go. There's bait here, gotcha, there's grass here, there's there's a drop-off, there's, you know, this time of year, oh, there's a nice shoreline, and there's there's escape to deeper water. So these are just things that we look for right, to help us find fish. But, uh, but yeah, if you're out there, um, you know, and you're a re- weekend warrior, you want to go out by yourself, <laughs> spend the time. Spend the time, serious. Yeah. And know the area. Um, because they do move, they do move a lot, but go and spend the time and you'll find fish. Yeah. Uh, and then use baits that use like a, like a, a lure that will cover a lot of water, uh, like a DOA, uh, cow, like a paddle tail, shad yep. tail. Okay. So you can go out there and you can rig a weedless if you're working in the grass or you can use a, a, a you know, quarter ounce jig head. Mm-hmm. You can make a long cast with it and you can cover a lot of water. And then once you find fish that you can hone into what they're eating, you know? And then yep. I tell you, the paddle tails were my favorite baits. It's really yeah, easy mine to use, too. And mine it's effective. Too. Yeah, it catches a lot of fish. Yep. So, you know, doing stuff like that to help locate fine fish, boom, and that'll get you, that'll get you time, that'll get you fish on, in, you know, in your boat. Yeah. Um, some other guys prefer to go out and soak baits, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's fine. That, that works as well. Um, mm-hmm. And you, but you will be catching a lot more catfish through that. <laughs> yes. But a big old redfish, <laughs> big old redfish will come up in you as well. Yeah. So, when you get on the really big redfish, um, do you do you ever have to use bait for them? Because sometimes they can be finicky about about lures, or or do you pretty much target those only with uh, with lures? Truthfully, it depends on uh, clientele. It depends on who's mm-hmm. with me and their experience. Okay, um, gotcha. I prefer not to use bait, mm-hmm. but I am I will I will use bait. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if I have a bunch of kids or our family with kids. We'll go and get live shrimp, and we'll play with live shrimp. Yeah, and we'll catch yeah. fish all day with live shrimp. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, with the big fish, my biggest, my biggest redfish, personal redfish, forty-eight inches, and that was on a topwater plug. Oh wow! Um, yeah. <laughs> so it can be done. Monster. It can be done, and it can be done in the lagoon too. I've seen, um, I've seen some monsters taken on a fly. You know. Yeah. So it it, it can be done out there without live bait or cut bait, but um, cut bait will get the job done. And just make sure that if you're using cut bait uh, to use a bigger piece, the larger piece you use, the harder it is for the catfish, unless it's a big catfish, <laughs> to take it. Okay, so there you go. That's yeah. really your your biggest tip with the cut bait is using something you know like the size of your fist. And uh, if you're using a blue crab, a lot of guys go out there and cut blue crab, and what happens is the pinfish will go and eat inside the blue crab. Eat all the goodness so out of it. Yep. Doing it. <laughs> to keep them from doing that, go get a pair of pantyhose and wrap it in the, the blue crab in the pantyhose, tie it, and then hook uh, it up and take it and cast out there. And the scent will still be released yep, through the pantyhose. Yeah. 
Right. But the pinfish can't go in there and eat it. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That sounds like uh, what I've seen some of the uh, carp guys do, you know, with the eggs. They put it in some sort of a sack with a hook on it. Okay, cool. I never thought to do that with, um, you know, with crabs, but that's a great tip. Yeah. So make sure you take care of them because they're the breeders. Release them. Um, And then the the big drum, you are allowed to keep one drum over slot. Uh, But also remember that the big fish are our breeders and, and those help produce more fish but get out there and have fun with them they're a blast to catch they're an absolute blast to catch yeah absolutely well captain jonathan man your enthusiasm uh, for for the lagoon and and for sight fishing is is just contagious you make me not want to go to work today and <laughs> go <laughs> go fishing myself over there but uh I, i'm just uh man so grateful you came on today and 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 shared uh you know not only some great tips but that awesome uh redfish story Man, that was great. Thanks so much for coming on today. Well, I appreciate you having me. Look forward to uh, getting you out on the skip and doing some fishing with you. All right, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. We'll talk to you later. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to today's show. We really appreciate you. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show so that you don't miss an episode and to help make sure that others don't miss the boat. This has been the Telltale Fisherman Podcast. Thanks for sharing another great tale with us. Be sure to check out the show notes page for more info on today's show and the gear we talked about. Keep those lines tight and we'll catch you next time right here on the Telltale Fisherman Podcast.